my name is Gwenda and I'm Tatjana and you're listening to GT Conversations, the ultimate global lifestyle podcast. Hello and welcome to a new episode. Today is extra special because I will be interviewing Tatjana about her career in hospitality and hotels. And I am extremely, extremely excited. If you listen in last week, I also mentioned that I will share with you one thing that I learned from Tatiana being from a hospitality background. Yes, and I think we skip everything else because I want to still know as well what that was. <laughs> um, but also, thank you so much for listening in to our last week's episode about periods. We had amazing feedback and it was such a great episode it was really eye-opening I felt yeah true and for me like one thing that I've taken from that episode is that I want us to do more social impact like society related topics um obviously I love just talking about anything with you but I think it's really nice when we do episodes where we ourselves are are doing a bit of research and reading on topics and yeah as you said like really eye-opening conversations between us as well learning a lot from each other it was a really good episode and learning yeah absolutely research I have to say I was really shocked positively sometimes but more so negatively about the things the numbers and, and data right yeah yeah so definitely we'll try to always have a bit of a mix in terms of like lifestyle topics on this podcast and then also topics like the one that we had last week about periods But before we jump into the topic of today and before I start grilling you with all my questions, (laughs) uh, let's catch up. Um, How was your week? Uh, My week was terrific. Uh, I have to say specifically my uh, weekend stands out a lot for me and definitely was my favorite. It was the Tata Lit Life Festival here in Mumbai. Obviously, and one of your favorites. <laughs> exactly, and I had to go, and I'm very proud of my eight-year-old uh, to have sat there and listened through a event. But that was really terrific. I got to meet two fantastic translators, actually, who are into translating books, and I think it was a fantastic uh, session on, on the topic. And then we met on Sunday. Yeah. Oh, for coffee so with, a, with another friend and I had a good uh, chat and then went to the ACIW charity mailer that was happening here in Bombay yeah after um, a long time right I yeah think this is the first one that they did after COVID correct yeah and both Brenda and I have been on the board of uh, ACIW the American Club of International Women yeah, correct. And yes. uh, both of us have worked on these uh, melas as well. And so it's so great to see it back. I was really impressed by all the charities that are, there were there, all these social enterprises. I got all my Christmas shopping for my family in Berlin done. So I was really so if the berlin family is listening right now your gifts are sorted yes almost on the way guys wait (laughs) how about you yeah i definitely loved our weekend as well that was so much fun to like catch up um also like the the shopping mill was great for me my favorite this week is actually a tv show for those of you who know me in real life you know that i hardly watch tv but unfortunately, I was a little under the weather um, this week. So in order to force myself to like stay, in bed, and stay in bed and rest, I binged watched the third season of Four More Shots, please. Um, have you seen the, the I show? Have, I seem to remember you talking about it a couple of years ago when the first season came out. But yeah, I actually watched so it. it's basically a Bombay version of Sex and the City, I would say. Yeah. It's basically for 
girls or women from different paths of life like one is a lawyer one is uh, into fitness one is a spoiled sobo <laughs> chick for everybody outside mumbai sobo means south bombay and in the rest of bombay they're viewed as very special people <laughs> I, I love how you describe it um one is a journalist so and yeah like i totally love the the first uh, two episodes and somehow i have never watched the third one so i literally like within one day evening night whatever like i watched the entire third uh, season how how many episodes are we talking about here i think like i have to check when we 10 okay so like <laughs> so i rested well basically well done. <laughs> I, I, that's no but it was definitely definitely like one of those feel good um shows that you can watch i also i always love watching like movies or tv shows that are based in bombay because i just love the vibes when they pick up the nuances of the city um and also obviously like seeing different parts of the city um on on screen is always nice so and yeah was there any way you go last week to uh, sort of calm down yeah so i was like forced to <laughs> by the universe we'll make you fall sick so that you can like stick to your goal you know the universe heard you <laughs> yeah please you know us that's enough for the year like i hardly get sick actually but somehow like a mix of like cold drinks ac non ac less sleep all of that like just kicked me out for a couple of days but yeah finally back so then uh, since you obviously managed your last week's school what's your sweet school so next week i have a lot of like business meetings a conference next week to attend and everything And one thing I've noticed is that I'm very active on social media when it comes to like lifestyle content on Instagram and everything. But I do not take care of my LinkedIn as much as I would like to. So my goal this week is to first update my LinkedIn profile. There are a lot of things that I've not even mentioned on LinkedIn. And then the second thing is to like be regular and post updates both in terms of like writing articles but also just like sharing like small um maybe the, like day to day uh, updates in terms of like events that i attended or like meetings that i had some quick learnings for startups marketing tips and so on that's all sort of it yeah i'm excited what about you what's what's your goal next week for so, this week i the after starting with two things uh, to mention and obviously we have our monthly goal session also so both of them are going to be yeah. there but for uh, for this i think Oh god. Say it out say I I can I can sense it like you want to set that goal but you're also scared that we will hold you accountable. That's kind of the case, yeah. No, those are the best goals. <clears throat> That's true actually. That is very We true. actually have to make a um, we have to make an episode about goal setting which I think we have already planned for December. Yeah. Um, at the end of the year and the sort of beginning and setting of goals for the next year yeah. there's something coming up. But um, tell us, tell us. So November is uh, official in <laughs> Oh, oh god oh god i'm so excited okay keep talking sorry sorry guys oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god is it what i'm thinking here i was assuming so yeah okay cool um okay no i'm excited <laughs> so uh, when that's very excited about my goal i'm still not sure if i actually said it so anyway november is national novel writing month <laughs> 
Uh, and that's that's not something uh, new that's been happening for quite a while now. And the idea is that you basically, if you sit down every day and you write a certain amount, I think it's about like 1200 words, you actually in those 30 days of November come to a yeah novel or short story type of format. Oh God, okay, oh God. I'm and so excited, guys. Sorry to that I'm interrupting you. This has been <laughs> in the making for years since we started our goal setting sessions in 2020. I have been trying to force Tatiana to like write a book and a novel. <laughs> so the thing is actually that I have a couple of ideas and I'm not entirely sure I might actually go for like a short story with the um with the fiction idea that I have. And I'm not sure yet if I then I actually touch the non-fiction part of it or whatever. Anyway, I found on Instagram a post about sort of you know structuring and how you go about sort of laying out a novel when you're just starting etc yeah. so I thought that's a perfect thing to sort of save and get going with and this week sort of would be the the structuring um and plotting and planning I am so excited by the end of the month we'll update <laughs> about where, whereabouts you can buy Tatiana's book <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I'm excited. I'm so, so excited. This is damn cool. So yeah, thank you for sharing this. I know like it's, I, I understand why you were like a little hesitant maybe because yeah. it's it's a big ass goal, but that's the thing with goals. Like I always believe like if you set a goal, which is very realistic, you are not even like pushing yourself to like be the best version of yourself. Yeah, there's a saying, you know, if, you're, if your goal doesn't scare you, it's not big enough. Exactly. So I'm glad that you're scared. <laughs> Yeah. here we go <laughs> awesome before we get into the topic of today's episode we would like to introduce you to an organization that we want to support it's a season of lights and gifting so why not get your festival essentials from an NGO MAN is a Mumbai-based center for individuals with special needs like autism, Down syndrome, and intellectual disability. It is dedicated to fostering independence and employability, like, for instance, the hospitality sector, through vocational and physical well-being support, as well as training, job skills, and social skills. Support MAN and buy beautiful gift tags and envelopes or dias from their workshop. Visit their page at man.org.in and find more details in our show notes. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about hotels, hospitality. I am super, super excited. Thank you for giving me the honor to interview you today on this topic. Um, obviously, from my perspective, like I am just a regular guest when I go to a restaurant or when I stay at a hotel and I think one thing for us as like guests when we when we enter any hospitality space is that it always looks so effortless and easy. Um, I don't think really most people pay attention or like even think about like what all goes on behind the scenes in order to make an experience as beautiful and amazing um, as it hopefully is. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Tatiana, for you, like, what do you feel is, um, I mean, obviously hospitality hotels, it's like a very big um, area, right? But what do you feel are like the biggest misconceptions that people have about it? Yeah, actually, the thing that you mentioned is absolutely the key thing um, that I hear from either people who you say just guests, basically, in hotels or restaurants, and also from people who are considering going into the industry, working in the industry, and maybe starting hotel management, et cetera, and 
the first chance they get of actually working in the hotel, they are realizing that not everything is so great. Um, I know that a lot of people who are going into the five-star hospitality, especially um, working in five-star hotels, think that basically all there is to it is, you know, you see a lot of stars, movie stars or sports stars or whoever walking in and out of there. And uh, you get to, I don't know, run around the city and fetch, I don't know, Mariah Carey, her favorite brand of water or something like that. <laughs> you keep hearing those like stories of what, you know, stars want in their, in their suites, etc. But obviously, there, while that is a part of some of the people in the hotel for some of the time, it's obviously much, 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 much more on a, on a daily basis that goes into that. Other than that, um, what I feel is a, is a huge misconception is, especially also when it comes to restaurants, I find here in Bombay, there's a couple of places that um, have constant turnover where a new restaurant comes in and it's there for a couple of months and then it closes down and a new one comes yeah. in. And it seems to be the idea that if I can bake nice cupcakes, I can open a bakery or or store or whatever. And it's really not that easy. There's so much more that goes into it. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think that just because you're good at your craft, for example, as a chef, doesn't mean that like you're necessarily like, for example, good with people. Yeah, uh, and that's like a huge part, obviously, of of hospitality, right? Yeah, or, like maybe you're good with people, but you're not good with numbers. So. Exactly. That's why I think also like the most successful restaurants that I see in the city are usually like a combination of people who are like very much into their craft of like uh, yeah. chefs which are, who are very, very passionate. But they also always have someone who is like a business brain behind it to like take care of like the whole administrative number part. And that's really true because in the end, it's a business like every other one, right? You don't just do one thing like serving food or renting out rooms for people to stay in, right? That's not all. You have a whole business aspect behind it where, like you say, you know, you need a marketing team to sell it and, and the sales team. You need um, somebody to keep it clean. You need somebody to hire the people to keep it clean, etc. Um, Finance is a whole yeah. separate area. So um, there's a lot of things involved. And just like in every business, I think uh, the ideal scenario is obviously to hire people who are expert in these fields, but that's a that's a money question in the end, right? True. So, and um, that I think is a good other point also that the idea that there's a lot of money uh, that you can make when you open a restaurant or hotel, when in fact it is really not a money making business. In fact, a lot of the local brands here in india that we have are making are in the negative the hotel brands okay um and wow. they're doing again they're doing that pretty much on purpose but they want these sort of they want to portray themselves as the hospitality angle of india i see yeah i think also if i go to a hotel if i go to a restaurant it is not necessarily about a like fixed product that i'm uh, that i'm trying to buy or something right it's all about the experience so a lot of these things come together. What you what you said, obviously, like it starts with the real estate, like where's a restaurant or hotel located. It starts with like how am I greeted when I walk in. Um, that's why I think like also like the the reason why probably there's not that much money making in this industry maybe is because there's a big overhead, right? Like it's it's really like all about people. Like you have to hire and maintain like a, a huge workforce for this. That's true. And uh, there's a high turnover as well. 
I obviously have worked in hospitality. My husband is still working in hospitality. We move pretty much every two to three years. It's a huge people business. Um, and the thing is, so it's on both sides. Number one, you have the staff and you need to hire staff. You, ideally, you hire staff who knows what they're doing, who have a passion for welcoming your guests. Because as we always say, you know, if your staff isn't feeling taken care of, they're not taking care of your guests. So that is one thing. However, you also have guests coming in and each guest, what you said, for instance, right, that when you come to hotels and experience, you're welcoming. That's very true, but it really depends even for you probably on why you are in that hotel. And it depends also from guest to guest. And that's the unfortunate thing, obviously, it's a human thing. Yeah. Everybody has different expectations. And you never really know. I mean, you can see if a guy or woman comes in and they're in business clothes and, you know, carrying a laptop bag and then a small carry-on or whatever, and they're running basically into the hotel and onto the car. They're probably just, you know, they just want a room key. They just want to get in the room, change, and either out to another meeting. Want to yeah, see they, they, they don't want you to talk about, like, your spa facilities <laughs> for, like, the next 30 minutes. Exactly. They don't want, you know, the full welcome experience. They're yeah. not there for that. They want the shortest Efficient possible, thing. yes, away from the door to the room. and Yeah be done with it yeah it's all about reading people yeah and and some things are obviously easier it's different that some hotels are business hotels and you expect more people to be there for business purposes and want the shortcut whereas if you're in a resort for instance you know here in Goa whatever people come there and they want to be you know welcomed and you have your welcome drinks and your flower garlands hanging around your head and all these things um, but it's it's really, really tricky to sometimes know that as a staff yeah. in, in advance from somebody walking in, you can't tell for everybody. True. Interesting. What was actually like, I mean, when you have, okay, two questions in one. Oh. How did you get into like the whole hospitality mm -hmm. and what was your first department that you, or like your first experience like in, in hotels? So for me, getting into the hospitality industry was actually back in ninth grade in Germany. We have the internships that we do. Oh, yes. Ooh, um, you did an internship at the hotel? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so for everybody who's not aware in Germany in the ninth grade, because everybody does at least 10 grades, uh, 10, 10 years basically in school. And so for people to actually get a bit of an idea of what they might be interested in, uh, we have an internship. A like, mandatory internship exactly yeah, yeah. two weeks i think at the end of the ninth grade and you can do literally anything some people just end up with their parents somewhere or you really look into what you're interested in and, and, and try mm. to pursue pursue something like that and it just so happened that around that time i've been watching a lot of documentaries on tv about you know these like in the back of a hotel and what happens behind a big event happening in a hotel and, mm, and all yeah. of that and I thought that was so cool. And, you know, like people running around and so much craziness. And somehow I can't tell you why. I just, I just really felt that was really awesome. And so I did go ahead. I found myself an uh, internship in Berlin. It's a smaller hotel in the city center of Berlin. It's still there. And I'm still going there once in a while because I love it. And I actually started in a place because obviously at that time, ninth grade, you're... Like 15, 16 years old. Exactly. Yeah. So you are... Underage. Underage when it comes to so you can't really stand in a bar and serve alcohol. That's not allowed. Mm -hmm. So I ended up in housekeeping. So cleaning, I cleaned rooms. 
So I think 10 days is uh, the internship, mm. basically. So for nine days, I was cleaning rooms and that was very insightful, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> and then I spoke to the HR manager and was like, look, you know, this has been great so far, but I would love to see something else as well. And uh, so she uh, put me first in the front desk, basically, where you the reception, where you check in. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So you actually have like a guest contact. Then. That is right. Unfortunately, in the front desk, a lot that you do is on system, system based, oh, okay, basically. Yeah. So checking people in, checking people out, um, money, transactions, etc. All of that is on computers. Yeah. And obviously, um, I didn't have a login. So what happened is that I was standing there, I think half an hour, pretty lost <laughs> until that HR manager was like, yeah, look, I have another idea. And I went into the restaurant where obviously at the time in the morning, the breakfast rush was happening. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that a lot of students do way during. Yeah, I did that too, yeah. Yeah. One of my first student jobs. Yeah, and why did you do that? I For the money. <laughs> <laughs> so for the money. No, no, no. No, but actually, so I used to do it at events. Um, okay. And uh, like the cool thing was it was, it was an international event in Germany, in my hometown. So I got a chance to like speak English and Spanish, but also like definitely I used to love the interaction with people. Like I, I think like I was like my other colleagues were maybe more efficient in terms of like getting things done. <laughs> but I always made the biggest amount of tip mm. because if there's a family from like South America at this, at this event and they have kids and this and that, like I take that extra. 30 seconds to like uh, play around maybe with the kids, explain them where they can go um, to find some like sweets nearby or something and just make sure that uh, they have a good experience. Yeah. And <laughs> I love how you said that basically. Uh, yeah. You were chatting up the guests while sort of your colleagues were doing the job. <laughs> I, I'm... <laughs> okay. That sounded very bad. <laughs> Shout out to all the like people that I worked with during that time. No, I was also definitely, I, I also love doing the hard work part of like cleaning the dishes after mm -hmm. like at the end of the shift and closing shift and all of that. Um, but yeah, like it used to be crazy. It used to be like some like 10, 12 hours shift kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's yeah. another thing about <laughs> hospitality, right? I think it comes to that definitely. <laughs> um, no, but obviously yeah, the other thing is that sort of being a waiter isn't directly the most skilled job. It's something that probably everybody can do. And some can do it a bit better, both in terms of, you know, if, if you like taking orders, remembering all of that kind of thing. Others are like you, for instance, said, you know, in terms of people interaction, et cetera, yeah. that comes easier to some than to others. But yeah, so basically I ended up in that restaurant and I remember, I still remember probably the person that got me into hospitality the most is the restaurant manager at that hotel. Oh, okay. Um, Herr Leicht, uh, Mr. Leicht, basically <laughs> translated. How and cute. he was the restaurant manager. And first of all, what I loved about him is that he is he was a great hospitality guy. So he yeah. was really, no matter how crazy it got around him, always smiling, always helping, always there for the guests. But also what I really loved about it is that he didn't treat me like a little kid. And instead, basically, was sort of took me and said, look, this is what it is. You know, breakfast is nuts because that's the worst sort of time. <laughs> yeah, time it gets a, crazy. Exactly. In a restaurant. He got me settled. He was looking after me once in a while, sort of checking up if everything is okay. And once the craziness was over and breakfast closed, he basically sat me down for a little bit longer and chatted with me with a I love. 
and then got me sort of started on um, lunch preparations etc so that in the end I had a really good feel for restaurant and restaurant business sort of yeah um, that's actually I, I feel like I mean for any job like it's so important to have someone to guide you and yeah I don't like just the way you describe him I can just like in my mind like there's this restaurant like filled with people everyone's <laughs> running around things are falling this and that and he has this calm yeah aura around him making sure that like everyone and also that is one thing I so love about good people and like hospitality um obviously there might be hundreds of guests right but if that person makes me feel that I'm the most special obviously like as a good waiter or like anyone in, in this industry, you will make every guest feel that they are the most special. Yeah. Even on the most craziest day when you are like, when you know, okay, whatever, like there are like 10 people in your team that didn't make it, because, like, they didn't come for, for work because they're sick, you don't, like you have less resources, you have time crunch, this, that, that. But like, you don't make your guests feel that. Yeah. And that's why for... I used to work in training later on in the hospitality and used to train people how to handle their jobs. And I really have to say that that's uh, one of the things that we tend to teach um, our employees, that it's basically you are on stage. Uh, You're an actor, basically, because it's really... Obviously, if, if something really tragic happens, then that is fair. But um, if you sort of just broke up with your boyfriend in front of the hotel uh, or he just called you and dumped you or whatever, you can't take that to work. And you're good to, yeah. once you're at work, and especially, obviously, for, you mentioned that, for uh, guest-facing interactions, when you're there, then you're on stage and you're presenting and you're presenting a mask. And that mask is basically that of, you know, my guest is the most important thing right now. Yeah, um, true. So. I don't know, like, why this came to my mind right now, but like, uh, when the terror attacks happened in in Bombay, like the Taj Hotel in in town, and the kind of care the the staff over there took for their guests while going through such a traumatic um, experience, and still having that kind of like um, commitment to your job and making sure that. Right now, I can forget about everything else. This is what I have to focus on. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, the Taj, we are in Bombay. And I, I'm i going to that hotel once in a while because it's a beautiful property. And they have a little memorial in the mm. lobby where you can see all the names of the people who've lost their lives in the hotel. And obviously, that includes a lot of staff as well. Yeah. And that was an absolutely tragic uh, incident. And obviously there's been others also since then and before that. What you were saying is very true. Um, in a hotel, we really do feel like a family because you spend so much time uh, working. And not just working hours, but the fact that you're spending usually big, big occasions together. So for instance, New Year's, Christmases, Diwali's, Holies, Eats, whatever mm-hmm. it is, um, the time when everybody wants to party is the time that we are the busiest. Yeah. True. And so these are the times when we're working together. And quite frankly, that's been the, for me anyway, the best moment when I was far away from my family, but I knew that I had my hotel family yeah. uh, with me, sort of. And that's one thing I've also like uh, seeing you and, and your husband like in, in this industry. I've noticed much more than in any other industry that like, you guys keep in touch with like colleagues from like 
Yes, and go like because again, like maybe because like everyone's shifting and and changing, um, like every two three years, yeah. uh, different hotel properties, different cities, and everything. But like everyone is still like always very very connected, uh, to their previous colleagues. Yeah, and obviously that also depends a lot on the person. Some people mm -hmm. are better in like networking etc. than others. I completely agree, but. In general, yes, because as you said, there's such a high turnover and there's constant shifting. And obviously, the higher you go in the pyramid in terms of, you know, positions, etc., yeah, the thinner it gets. And then the chances are higher that obviously, you know, the guy you were working with in maybe your first or second job in one hotel, you meet later on, you know, when he is in a different your, phase yeah. of your career. And exactly. Always. Yeah. But I completely agree. It's like, all right, now I'm at a point again, my husband has been working with the hospitality industry for over 20 years and a lot of that in India and uh, we literally cannot go out in Bombay without him meeting somebody it's uh, it's, it's so lovely yeah. I, I really feel it's lovely because again this whole family feel in a way but I think sometimes for my husband because obviously he's on vacation sometimes as well I love it. this was like another question that I had like for both of you like as a I would say like as a hospitality family that yeah. you are like what is it like if you actually go out for like a dinner or like if you go on vacation and you stay at a hotel so I've worked with hospitality for a long time and in different uh, roles I've actually worked in every department in a hotel so I, I do have a bit of an insight into everything yeah, and uh, my husband has worked in a lot of departments as well and is now general manager so he's responsible for everything and I think that's where our views differ a little bit. So when I come into a hotel, I tend to really, like the atmosphere makes a huge difference for me. And then I see what makes that atmosphere. So is it, you know, the construction of the hotel, the way things are structured? Is it the design and decor? Is it things like music, sounds, and mm. scents? Uh, whereas my husband, I think, is much more stricter, I feel, like the typical GM where he walks in, it's like, oh, there's a paper on the ground that should be there. <laughs> um, does he just think that or does he actually like tell them? <laughs> no, he doesn't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> no, because the opposite, that's the other thing. We also know what it's like to work in a hotel. Yeah. That, uh, you... So I think maybe more forgiving as well. Yes, especially if it's not his hotel. <laughs> as long as it's not his hotel. But yes, obviously we, there's things that we notice when it comes to how certain things are run. And then obviously when you come to the rooms, um, what you have lying around in hotel rooms this is very clean and neat and there's nothing anywhere or is it sort of lots of stationery and uh things that the hotel wants you to read and see and whatnot yeah um it's so interesting uh so yeah that's all these things are certainly things that we notice and certainly interactions with the staff um where you see sort of things that you know, if you ask for something and uh, they know, for instance, my husband's GM of another hotel, so they're very accommodating and then they go away and we're like, yeah, they shouldn't have done that. <laughs> There's rules that say, no, you shouldn't have done that. So these things, yeah, we see, but it also is helpful in a way because obviously you know who to call or yeah. who in order to get your things done, etc. So actually, I definitely have learned a lot from this, like uh, going out for lunches and dinners and and coffees with you. Um, I think yeah, yeah, like, yeah. wait 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 we're gonna cut in here it's like you said you learned something from me that like, I want to know I'm dying to know here I mean I've learned so many things from you oh. obviously but you've opened my eyes um, 
the way I look at like service in 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 restaurants and hotels, hospitality as a whole, definitely I'm also always curious and like trying to like read a little bit of the processes and the like how things work behind the scenes. But the one thing I really learned from you, I don't actually know whether you whether I saw you doing it and that's how I picked it up or actually you told me about it. But I try to, whether it's a restaurant, a hotel, um, anything in anywhere, basically, when I'm interacting with people and they have a name tag, I use their name. Hmm, that's lovely. And if it's a Starbucks or whatever, right? And like people are always like, for a second, they're like, oh shit, she knows my name. <laughs> like this smile and like, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a personal touch, right? Like, I mean, for myself as well, like if someone like addresses me with ma'am or versus like my name, like I feel much more personalized attention when someone like uses my name and yeah. knows me and recognizes me as the individual rather than just like another customer, right? And since I've done it, like I always love to see that like surprise face and then like a smile and then like oh okay thank you. <laughs> like, I just I it just make, makes my day every time. And I also noticed that obviously like there's a different connection then right like I mean it, for me it's a sign of like respecting that person and to, to me like it really it doesn't matter whether you're the CEO or you're the watchman or you're cleaning my room or you're the head of FNB or whatever it is like you I know your job is hard and I respect you for what you're doing and I don't I just feel like it's like that little little small thing that you can do to like make a person feel appreciated Oh, I have so much to say to that. Um, <laughs> okay, oh, what? No, 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 because you're absolutely right. And um, for one, with regards to the name, that's really true. Because the thing is, obviously, all of us, I think, have the idea that if you're addressed by your name, the person has obviously made the effort to learn your name and keep your name in mind. And instead of just saying, oh, one of the guests who come by or one of my customers today or whatever, they know that you're Gwenda. And that they're using that name is terrific. And I think obviously, especially Starbucks, for instance, they put a lot of effort, you know, that welcome to Starbucks thing when you walk mm, in. Yeah. Um, and sorry, yeah. Like, I find that very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just Starbucks, just FYI. <laughs> but it is a, it's a welcome thing. And yeah. quite frankly, I, I do understand why you say it's annoying and it can be, especially if you're maybe sitting in the cafe yeah. and you have a yeah, welcome exactly. to Starbucks, welcome to Starbucks. Exactly. Welcome to Starbucks. Like, I, I don't find it annoying when I walk in. Uh, and I'm addressed then I'm like oh yeah hi hi thank you but like when I'm sitting there like I hear for the 10th time I'm like guys we got it <laughs> however I do have to say that uh, if you've ever walked into especially any kind of like F&B outlet so if it's a if, like a pickup store where you you know uh, pick up a sandwich or coffee mm. or whatever and you walk in you have a look around you're trying to make to order and nobody really is there to like well, attend to you. Yeah. Oh my god! And yeah. nobody looks at you, and everybody sort of is doing in their own things. Like, excuse me, um, I'm here. Yeah. I want to spend money. <laughs> I want food. <laughs> please. <laughs> um. So the fact that somebody greets you yeah. is, and and please, somebody has acknowledged your being there. And then obviously after that, that they're really making an effort to learn your name and put it on the cup and call it call it out, etc. Um that's it, it feels good and yeah. so I really love to hear that you're trying to sort of uh, learn yeah. like if they usually they do wear their yeah, yeah. I, I feel like everyone like in like especially like in hotels obviously 
um not in every restaurant people have a name tag but i also make it sometimes an effort like for example if i have like if i'm in a restaurant sit down dinner and there's a specific waiter who's hmm. um in charge of my table or our table like i sometimes make an effort like even if they don't have a name tag to just ask the name because like, the way people are like calling for like oh yeah server service sometimes i just like want to like get up and slap people and like <laughs> do like have some basic respect like that goes really well with your second point as well the whole respect thing because that is something that i think for for staff in the hospitality in general no matter if it's a restaurant or hotel wherever um you know so i understand that you're paying us money and especially if you're going to a good restaurant or a good hotel you pay a lot of money and we know that and we do understand that it's our job now especially since you pay so much and you know since you're here and you're maybe here for a special occasion and you know we want to make it nice for you and all but you don't buy us you know we're not your property to now shift around basically. yeah you're not a slave right i mean no absolutely and i do feel that uh, hospitality has changed a little bit there in that sense because it used to be that idea of the guest is always right yeah and while that is to some extent still the case people have become much more aware people working in, in hospitality and especially management that obviously there's certain things we know we won't let go yeah, I think there are just certain boundaries, certain like um values that you have, right? Yeah. Sometimes I, I really wanna like they come to like such a nice restaurant, hotel, and they don't have like basic manners. Yeah. And I always used to say that there's this thing about dating also, right? Like you yeah. should always like check like how the other person like uh, treats people around. Definitely. And I think it's it's so true. And like it doesn't go only for dating, like it's in friendships and business meetings, like I oh my god, like if I have a business meeting or like a potential uh client meeting or something and the person behaves very rudely in like a in like a coffee shop or something like i know i don't want to work with that person because i know that person will treat my employees the same way yeah. i'm like no thanks yeah no absolutely and i always love the basically the motto of the ritz carlton which is uh, we are ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen and i think that's that's really that's a terrific way to actually look at it you know yeah. that um we are certainly here to serve you and to help you but that doesn't as you said that doesn't make us slaves or your property because in the end also there's always this thing you know that you should never sort of upset uh, somebody working in a restaurant or a, <laughs> a chef or anything they will spit in your food no, they won't. It <laughs> doesn't happen. Um, that doesn't really happen. But they probably, I'm, I'm sure, like, I would wish I would, I could do that, like, if the way some people behave. But yeah, obviously. Exactly. So um, chefs are very sp- particular when it comes to their food that they serve. So they would never do that. But it's um, obviously, yeah, it's like, why would you do that if you, you know, yeah. want something from it? Exactly. Food? Like, I mean, in the end of the day, like, if I work in, in hospitality and I'm serving a customer, right? I will obviously do my job as per what I'm supposed to do, but I will not go the extra mile if that person disrespects me or treats me badly, right? So, yeah, exactly. Coming back to, like, uh, the beginning when you mentioned that you actually worked in kind of, like, almost all departments of a hotel, I think for us as, like, clients and customers, we mostly see the front-facing one, right? Like, you see the front desk at a hotel, we uh, know that there's a chef in in a restaurant, but like, what are like some of the departments or like some of the work that happens behind the scenes that you feel like most people don't even know exist? Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good question. So obviously there's sort of front of house and back of house. So you have 
all these people that you do see when you're staying in a hotel or going to a restaurant, uh, in a restaurant, your waiters, service staff, sort of waiters, etc., and uh, the kitchen staff in the kitchen. Um, when it comes to rooms, you have the the front office where you check in, but you also have the entire housekeeping team that obviously mm. cleans not just your room but literally everything in the whole hotel. Yeah. Um, but then you also have people who are making sure you have a good stay without you seeing them, which is uh, for security and the engineering team, which makes sure yeah. that like, you know, from painting and AC work to, uh, you know, it's like we recently had to uh, sort of a uh, guest had locked themselves in. We had to cut the security chain. So that's usually then the oh, fun. <laughs> yeah, that's then the engineering team that sort of comes and first cuts it and then has to repair it again. <laughs> we have the entire admin section. So um, there's a sales and marketing team that makes sure that you know people know about the hotel and come. Yeah. There is the events team that helps planning events, etc. Which I have worked in, and my husband actually has worked in a lot of his times and I don't know how they manage that because it's literally you handling so many events uh, parallel basically yeah. and everybody and even must go insane like it was basically like high on on, on anything like all year round it's yes exactly and uh, yeah, what I really felt is that you never have a sense of accomplishment because one event is done but that still it, there's so many more coming mm. and you're constantly at various stages and events with different yeah. events and uh, i found that really it's like uh, impressive how they handle that then you also have you have the finance team uh, the finance sort of how you handle finances in hotel there's a whole different um system basically mm -hmm. for hotels okay so that is handled there um and that's obviously that's a lot because you're dealing with credit cards of guests and suppliers and this and that yeah. so that's a lot but then also it's like the the part department that i last worked in hr and training um we're usually the least like but very important cycle <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh obviously hiring training um helping when it comes to any kind of issues between staff etc yeah but then these are all apartments and departments that you have in every company basically but then i remember i did the, the corporate training with hired so i basically worked for half a year in each department and you know you do things like for instance obviously you're very junior at that point yeah. so i remember you know i did a night shift with the concierge at the front office and uh, you would for instance at like four o'clock at night the the newspaper get delivered and then you would put them in little bags and then you have a list printed out with all the rooms and which room has ordered which newspaper and you go oh around God, yes. at like 4 30 in the morning and you deliver after a whole night shift that you spend at the hotel and you're just delivering sort of a newspaper to 200 yeah. rooms wow um i went i spent actually three days that was that was really eye-opening even for me because that's something that not many people think about i spent three days with the florist because oh, okay <laughs> exactly so Gwenda was looking a little <laughs> like, uh -huh. <laughs> huh? but it's actually true if you walk into a five-star hotel the likelihood is that if it's a big lobby there is a big flower arrangement, yes, flower arrangement yeah. etc you have probably potted plants all across the hotel yeah. you might have flower arrangement on each of the 
restaurant tables. You have uh, flower, little flower arrangements in every room, in every bathroom. You have yeah. flower arrangements. Oh my God, yes. You know, that you come out of the lift and you see a small table there with like a, the house telephone, for instance. Sometimes there are flowers next to it. Yeah. Oh my God, there are really so many things that you don't realize until like you realize yeah and then like the a obviously there's a lot of money involved especially if those flowers need to be replenished every four or five days because yeah. obviously they can't start looking all yeah. falling apart um and these big flower arrangements especially you know they need to be really you grand. Want, yes you want to you know you can't just put like a bunch of roses there and it's like be okay we're done that's <laughs> that's not enough um Again, depending obviously on the size of the lobby, on what kind of hotel that is, etc. Mm. But um, yeah, so it's been it's been really interesting. Amazing. What is your favorite part about hospitality? The people, hands down. My best memories of my hospitality time it's all around people. I remember when I was working in Dubai, and I at that point I was uh, department head already. And so I had to be there for the New Year's celebration in the hotel and basically help with yeah. the entire handling of it. And the hotel became, it was a massive hotel and it became basically the entire thing became party ground. Yeah. And so you would have uh, the entire management team on the, on the ground to make sure that the guests had paid and yeah, had their yeah obviously just be there to guide guests you know it's like i want to go to this restaurant or that or whichever mm. and most of us especially in, in dubai a lot of people actually who are working there are not from dubai in fact yeah you know, yeah 99 of the people working there are not uh, locals and uh, so a, a lot of us there are actually some of us are there with family but very few the very most of us are there by ourselves and um, mm-hmm. then spending new years you know at work and you're like okay great but then you know you are there you're there with your colleagues and if you become friends with and you do have your guests there but obviously a lot of them are in a good mood as well because it's yeah. new years and people are in a sure. celebrating mood etc and uh, it, it's the entire hotel is just vibrating with sort of things happening. And yes, it's quite chaos, but it's, it's a lot of fun as well. Yeah, and, I can imagine. And then the moment uh, 12 o'clock strikes, that's the busiest time for us, which is usually handing out champagne foods to every guest, yeah. basically. But then let it be 10 minutes or 15 minutes after, and the, the big rush sort of has come down. And then going into the back of house and just you go around and literally every staff you meet wishes you a happy new year and you're falling into each other's arms and it's such yeah it's such an amazing feel and in that hotel i was working in we were uh, 1000 employees so if you imagine you know that's that's massive and so you don't even always know everybody's name but it's just that you go around it's like oh happy new year it's such a heartwarming feeling feeling, so yeah yeah. i remember i actually celebrated new year's um at your husband's hotel with you guys once and i totally love the atmosphere obviously like yes it's a very busy like as you said like midnight uh, strikes and it's like the most busy moment for for the entire um, team over there but i also felt that there's that special connection between like employees and guests at that moment because obviously you're celebrating everyone's so excited i can see why like yes it's a very hectic time to work on on these like special occasions but it's also probably very rewarding 
and yeah it's honestly it's really it's an adrenaline rush i have to say i have worked uh, on on massive events as a waiter and the team leader and yeah and, and actually as oh god <laughs> working and training i was arranging staff events mm -hmm. and again in dubai at that time we had three hotels and we would do an annual event for the staff and we would get all the hotel staff together which would at that point be around two and a half thousand people what yeah oh my god <laughs> and the logistics of that oh my <laughs> god wow but exactly you don't arrange an event like that overnight so that there's a lot of run up to really get everything in place but then there's also always things that happen last minute where you're like oh god you know it's like now this has to happen things not working things not being delivered etc and there's so much adrenaline yeah. rush basically i remember that one of the first big events that i was doing as a waiter there was two thousand people and i was responsible for an entire table of 10 by myself and i was like man i have hardly any experiences now <laughs> how do i do and, this yeah and you're just running running and then you have I'm, I'm sure some people have seen that where you have these um kitchen tables where you have the, the plate full of plates and chefs are plating food and sort of they are starting in the beginning and like yeah, three yeah, chefs yeah, yeah. basically every, like one person puts the meat the next one puts the sauce the next one puts the garnish on top and they are plating, plating, like, plating. Go on, go on, go exactly on. and every and the staff like the service staff is there and they're taking plates and running 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 and I remember that's that's kind of the things that I saw on TV that made me want to go into hospitality and then experiencing that for myself um it's it is really like an adrenaline rush and it, it that lasts for a long time honestly and probably throughout the entire thing which is good because you have to yeah keep running. <laughs> that's what keeps you going yeah i i love that actually i love all the stories that you that you shared so far and um i i want to understand what do you feel is the top two three lessons that people can actually learn from the hospitality industry like and implement it in like any kind of industry in their work life um I have to say it's like two, three, I'm not sure, because I have to say there are certain things that the hospitality industry is lagging behind. Um, I don't know for those who can remember till a couple of years ago, we were still charging for internet, which obviously at that time, where you could already go to uh, Starbucks, for instance, and get it for free. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> in five star hotels, you would still be charged. Um, because it's five star Wi-Fi, yes. okay? <laughs> <laughs> But the thing is that I, I think the one thing that hospitality really does do well is the customer centeredness, Put, yeah. basically. Putting people first? Yes. Um, because the thing is that uh, my husband and I were recently traveling and we had an issue with our flights and just trying to get somebody to talk to and handle your complaint. And this was nothing where we were being uh, complicated or something. The, airline had canceled our flight and we needed you know to fly obviously yeah. and uh, they were being so complicated and again for us coming from a hospitality you know in a in a hotel if and we do do that sometimes that we overbook hotels and <laughs> there's more guests coming than we have rooms um at that point basically we're like borderline throwing ourselves at the feet of our guests and i'm like yeah. i'm so sorry and trying to you know our best to get them rooms in other hotels and yes it's our mistake and obviously that, that happens all the time because it is a very, we come back to that, very people-centered business, right? Mm. Both in terms of the, the guests we serve as well as us serving them, right? It's all human beings and hence, yeah, any kind of mistakes is programmed basically. But the thing is really that uh, 
we really want to make sure that our guests have the best experience they can have now yes you probably have had an experience where that was not the case where the person was obviously not very keen to help you but overall i do think that a lot of the hotel staff is trained to be really customer-minded customer-focused trying to make solution-oriented solution-oriented and trying to make whatever happens if you're coming for a special occasion make it extra special if you're there and you're suddenly feeling falling sick to help you and make it better yeah. oh my god this is also something which i recently learned uh, i never knew that like hotels actually have uh, all, not all hotels but a lot of hotels have in-house doctors yeah it's actually quite frequent that they're being called so yeah um one to two times a week actually because people come they're traveling they're getting out of their car and stumbling and twisting their ankle but you also have things for instance where people traveling from abroad and their stomachs can't handle the food just general things like you know migraines and yeah again like it's something like putting your customer first right just making the experience yes it's an add-on if you in the end of the day yes like if you look at it just from a non-emotional business sense yeah okay you're selling a room to sleep right everything else around it is like an add-on yeah but in the end of the day that is what i paid for like i like if i compare then i would like if i compare okay i take a room at a five-star hotel or like a whatever like a hostel yeah like both have a bed and i can sleep in it right but like it's all the extras around it that make me like the experience that i have sleeping in a hostel room or sleeping in a five-star hotel is like so different i love you for saying that because that's one thing we get a lot in the five-star hotels um why our rates are so high and because you know what are you doing you're just selling a room it's like well that's not true (laughs) you paying for much more uh than than just your room than just your bed and or just your food in the restaurant right you're sitting in an AC room where you can eat and you're getting it on a nice plate and served and probably with yeah. some complimentary wa- water and breads on the table. Yeah. And so sure, and it's all about the experiences. Like if you think about it, like why do we choose a certain restaurant, right? Yes, okay, maybe it's a food that we like it. But if you order food from the restaurant, either at home versus you sit in the restaurant and yeah. eat the same food, like it tastes different because of, all the experiences that you have around it no that's absolutely true yeah okay so i think i mean we could talk a little more about it but i think we are slowly coming to the end um, of today's episode Tatiana, tell us like if someone now after you've talked so much about it is really interested in getting into this field like what do you think is should be like the first steps for someone like obviously hotel management schools is probably the way to go or like so if you really want to work in a hotel the first thing i would tell everybody please go and work in a hotel before you get into hotel management. Um, Most hotel schools, and I have gone to hotel school myself, I studied hotel management, and there's quite a number of people who drop after the first half year or year um, because it is not what they expected. And Mm. that's something very simple to avoid by just going and, you know, as we said, usually working as a you know as a barista in starbucks or somewhere as a waiter is not that difficult to make happen because they're usually looking for staff always and everywhere um so why don't you try it out for a little bit of time before you actually get into it um and then 
Yes, um, hotel management schools are fantastic. There's great ones all over the world. India, uh, Switzerland, mine is the hotel school they hate. Shout out <laughs> to the best hotel school in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, some places are better to specialize in. For instance, you mentioned chefs. Um, yeah. They are obviously culinary schools might be better if you really know that this is what you want to do because then you don't really need the entire rest of the hotel or, but you are much more focused on your craft if you already chef. know like what you want to specialize in correct yeah, yeah. but um, if you obviously uh, just want to know more about the industry before getting uh, into it there's a couple of books and shows you can watch obviously there's a lot of documentary if you go on Google, YouTube for instance you can, you can Google there's fantastic um documentaries but i actually really really love there's a fiction book called hotel babylon yeah. um, we'll put it in our show notes for those who are interested definitely which is uh it's a book but it has also been made a while back into a british tv series and it's absolutely fantastic to watch even if you're not wanting to work in the industry but if you want to see behind the curtains of a hotel it is a fantastic show or great Ooh, book yeah. to to read obviously it's very condensed as if the hotel is on fire 24 7 and there's you know death and people coming in drunk and all sorts of things everything happened within a week basically oh, wow for the point of the you know boys oh, show. Oh, showcasing it yeah. and that's the not street. the case in every hotel all the time another thing is actually if you were really more interested in restaurants and kitchens there is the late Anthony Baudin who wrote fantastic books mm -hmm. on the entire industry and his book Kitchen Confidential which I think is one of his first ones is really um, what his life as a junior chef on the on the range was like when wow. he just got into it and, yeah. working in restaurants his different experience in different types of restaurants if if chef is sort of something that you're looking into, then that is definitely a book I would strongly recommend reading. I I heard you talk about it uh, previously as well. Yeah, he's he's done a couple of like he's done obviously show as well, etc. But that is more about traveling to different locations and trying mm -hmm. different cuisines. But so that's different. But in terms of really restaurant operations, kitchens oper kitchen operations, um, professional kitchens, then that's a, a good place to go. And otherwise, there is actually a great book um, called From Oberoi to Oyo, which is a non-fiction book about the hospitality industry in India and how it came mm. about. Nice, yeah. That is a little bit, obviously, it's non-fiction, so it's so not... That's for people like me. <laughs> yeah, it's not quite as entertaining, I would say, as Hotel Babylon, which obviously overdraws it and, and really yeah. makes it more entertaining. Uh, whereas uh, this one is much more about the history of hospitality in India. So if that's your interest, then that's pretty good. But that sounds really fantastic. I think we'll like link all of them yeah. in our show notes um, for sure. And with that, I think we're coming to an end. This yeah. was a very, very interesting episode. <laughs> I loved it. I, and also like I, I like this format of like interviewing you <laughs> we should do this again yeah we actually will be doing that again the other way around I'll interview you on football not quite the next episode the one after yes next episode we will be talking about um, languages yes we'll still talk in English but we'll definitely talk about like a lot of things around languages the different languages we speak we're going to talk about that notion that uh, you only really speak a language when you dream in them Yes. I have something to Ooh. say on that. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Languages are our topics next week. We see you then. See you. Bye. Bye.